Good morning, friends. I'm recording today's message from North Richland Hills. Hate to tell you this, if you live in up north, but it's supposed to be 70 degrees on Christmas Day. You probably all know that song that says, On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Well, that's the title of today's message, On the Eighth Day. And it comes from Luke chapter 2, that famous Christmas story, but a verse we don't often read, verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. You know, it is a forgotten corner of the Christmas story. I mean, whenever the Christmas story is read from Luke 2, almost always it ends. It starts at verse 1, ends at verse 20, and that's what most churches will do on Christmas Eve. Uh, we tend to treat everything after verse 21 as if nothing it has nothing to do with the birth of Christ. Or we skip over to verses 21 to 24 so we get the story about Simeon and Anna. But this is a message today about the circumcision of Jesus. And that alone ought to capture your attention. Now, one person called it a startling topic, but it's part of the biblical record and therefore deserves our attention. Verse 21 contains a lot of truth that we don't normally associate with Christmas. So let's unpack it and see what we can find. Well, first of all, the event takes place on the eighth day. That means that counting the day of his birth, Jesus was circumcised when he was one week old. Second, the rite of circumcision goes back to Genesis 17, where the Lord ordered Abram and all his male descendants to be circumcised. This is what the Lord said in Genesis 17. Uh, You are every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision. It will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised. And third, that command of the Lord is still followed by observant Jews today. Uh, The act of circumcision is called a bris, sometimes spelled B-R-I-T, which means covenant. And uh, a friend of mine who used to work for Jews for Jesus asked me to participate in a bris uh, when his son was born. Well, the full term is bris malah, which means to cut the covenant. And the bris is still performed on the eighth day. A bris ceremony has two parts. It's the actual circumcision and the naming of the baby. And the person who performs the ceremony is called a moil. The moil receives special training in the medical aspects of circumcision and various aspects of Jewish tradition and law. Now, uh, as I have come to find out from my Jewish friends, the ceremony is both joyous and solemn. It's an opportunity for the father and the mother to thank God for their newborn child, to honor their own parents and relatives, to participate in their happy occasion. The ceremony begins with the baby being carried into the room on a pillow and carefully placed on a designated chair. It's called Elijah's chair. And at this point, uh, they recite some verses, and there's a short prayer. The baby is then placed on the lap of the uh, person, or the sandek, I think it was, uh, who holds the baby for the actual bris, and the bris is performed. The baby is then cuddled, the blessings recited, and the baby is given his Jewish name. The baby is then carried back on the pillow to his mother for a well-deserved feed. The whole ceremony is over quite quickly and takes more than a few minutes. Now, fourth, it's impossible to overestimate the importance of circumcision to the Jews. It is the most fundamental precept of the Jewish religion, the ultimate symbol of Jewish identity, and the means by which a Jewish male enters the covenant God made with Abraham. And fifth, Jesus was circumcised first and foremost because he was born a Jew. Remember the very first verse of the New Testament, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, Jesus was the ultimate son of Abraham. 
And sixth, the circumcision of Jesus also figures into the Christian year. If Jesus was born on December 25th, and there's a lot of debate about that, then the eighth day would be one week later, January the 1st. That's why in liturgical churches, January 1st is often called the Feast of Circumcision or the Feast of the Holy Name. Seventh, though our text does not mention it, circumcision is a joyful occasion. Family and friends gather around to celebrate the baby boy's entrance into the ancient covenant of the Jewish people. In eighth, the circumcision did not take place at the temple in Jerusalem. Most likely Jesus was circumcised in the home where he was born in Bethlehem, where Mary and Joseph stayed after his birth. And Joseph himself probably performed the circumcision. And ninth, the early church fathers offered two reasons why Jesus was circumcised. First of all, to demonstrate his obedience to the law of God. Jesus himself said in Matthew 5.17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to be 100% obedient to all all of his father's commands. And the first of those commands was circumcision. That's what Paul meant in Galatians 4 when he said that Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law. It also proves he was truly human. Now, there's a heresy that's plagued the early church. It was called docetism. Uh, it, it basically denied the true humanity of Jesus. They taught that Jesus only appeared to have a human body and that his body was only an apparition or a phantasm. But you cannot circumcise a ghost. His circumcision proves that the Lord truly shared our flesh. He was one of us in every sense of the word. Now, all of this talk about circumcision, even though it is biblical, may seem out of place at Christmas. And in a sense, it is. I mean, even in the church, we have kind of domesticated Christmas and made it beautiful and safe and enjoyable. I mean, Christmas to us is happy, fun family time. It's about Christmas lights and candy canes and uh, familiar music. But the birth of Jesus wasn't like that at all. There's nothing fun or beautiful about giving birth or laying your newborn child in a feeding trough. I mean, something else happened on the eighth day that was of great significance. After the circumcision, the baby boy received his name. And our text makes three points about this. He was named Jesus, and the angel gave him that name. The name was given before he was conceived. Now, today, naming a, a baby is a big deal for parents, expecting moms and dads buy books and make lists and try out various names on family and friends. They even check to make sure the initials don't spell out some odd word. Now, Mary and Joseph didn't have to agonize over what to name their baby. I mean, the angel gave him the name. Matthew one twenty one says, Call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Savior. and Incidentally, the Hebrew version of Jesus is Joshua. I mean, Joshua equals Jesus equals Savior. His name comes right from the heart of God. And um, in Texas, to help celebrate a birthday of my grandson, who has that same name, Joshua. His name tells us who he is, why he came, and what he'll do. Now, is there a connection between his circumcision and his name? Yeah, I believe there is. I mean, what would it cost Jesus to be Savior of the world? Well, he paid for our sins with the price of his own blood. There is the vital connection. Jesus is just one week old, and already he enters the pain and bloodiness of human existence. Eight days old, and his blood is already being shed. Now, I suggested to you earlier that Joseph probably performed the circumcision himself. And if this is true, then it's also symbolic. Jesus begins his life by shedding his own blood at the hand of his father. Those few drops of blood point to the bloody way his life will end. The infant's cradle is tinged with a crimson reflection from the Redeemer's cross. 
An old Christmas play asked the question, what did Joseph do the day after Jesus was born? Well, we assume that the day Jesus was born, Joseph probably helped with Mary and the baby, making things as comfortable as he could. But what about the next day? Well, in this play, it kind of imagines since Joseph is a carpenter, he begins making a crib for Jesus. And as he does, he recalls the celebration they had with the shepherds. And he says to himself, you know, if they would treated him like this when he was just a baby, how will they treat him when they find out he's the son of God? Now, at the exact moment in the play, the lights suddenly go off and all you can hear is a hammer hitting against wood as the spotlight splashes its beams on a bloody cross. There's a Christmas card that you see every once in a while that captures this as well. A baby's footprint appears on the cover with the words, Unto you is born this day a Savior. And when you open the card, the phrase, which is Christ the Lord, is superimposed over a grown man's handprint, complete with a bloody hole in the palm. Now there's a direct line from his birth to his circumcision to the cross. I mean, circumcision foreshadows the blood he was shed for the sins of the world. He doesn't stay in heaven and wishes well. He left the glories of heaven for the manure of a stable, because there was no room for him in the inn. Now, he's not just a passive observer. He comes all the way down. He shares our flesh and blood. He joins us in our pain and our sadness. He just didn't come to earth. He came all the way to the pain. He entered the sorrow and sadness and suffering of life on earth. He was born poor and forgotten. On the eighth day, his blood was shed. They called him Jesus, and the shadow of the cross followed him everywhere. This is why he came. This is why he was born, and this is what Christmas is all about. Well, let's pray. Almighty God, you did not spare yourself from anything. You came all the way to the bottom, because that's where we were. You did not hold back. You paid the penalty the law demanded so that we might be set free. Thank you for Jesus, whose birth we celebrate this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.